Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus. Hi, this is Jill, and in this series of Talk for 12, we're considering our stewardship or our care and enjoyment of God's good gifts to us. Today I have Liz here with me, and we're looking for wisdom on how we as Christians are to think about and care for our environment. Liz, planet Earth is amazingly diverse and life-giving gift of God, but in the 21st century, we're also grappling with the reality that humans have not been good stewards, generally, of the Earth, and our beautiful planet is damaged. Can you tell us some of your story, Liz, and how your passion for the environment has come about? Thanks, Jill. I'm so glad to be here. I've had a lifelong connection with nature and the environment. And I think even when I was a kid, I used to collect bits of leaves and rocks and nuts that I found. I just found the natural world really intriguing. And maybe in a way, my love of nature has intertwined with my love for God as the creator. I see our role as stewards of the environment. And I've been really lucky that throughout my life, my career is focused on the natural sciences. And I am fortunate to have been able to work in fields where I'm passionate about I started working as a geologist because I have a love of rocks (laughs) and I learned to be observant and to read the landscape. When we came back to Orange, we bought a farm and I put my passion into managing the landscape sustainably. We protected remnant bushland and planted hundreds of trees. I guess we were thinking around how we can better care for our piece of land. And this has led into new roles in weed management, contamination, and I'm currently working in threatened plants and animals. We humans haven't done a very good job of caring for the environment, and I guess it's been my life's aim to fix it. Yeah, I love that. What a great story. And Liz, do you think there's a growing awareness about the environment and climate and wanting change in Australia and worldwide? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think we saw that in our recent federal election where climate change played such a role. There's definitely a growing awareness and I think that when we're seeing impacts like the unprecedented bushfires in 2019-20 and the preceding drought years, that led to a massive awakening that this problem is real. And with so many native animals lost in the fires and now with the flooding, these catastrophic events, I think, have triggered a recognition that we need to change the way we're living on the earth. A previous series of Talk for 12 discussed different worldviews. And I've been thinking about this too in terms of people's attitudes to the environment. I see the dominant worldview that was described by Lydia in that podcast, Secular Humanism, where personal rights and individual choice are championed, with the view that although we're concerned about climate change, we don't want to have to change our personal behaviour. Our right to use an air conditioner and drive a car despite the increased emissions. Conversely, people who are more passionate about the environment can have almost a religious fervour in their beliefs. Humans are one with the environment. They're connected to nature and Mother Earth, Gaia. Some see a spirit-filled landscape that might trend towards animism, where plants, animals, rivers, mountains all possess a spiritual essence. I see this kind of thinking becoming more accepted, maybe with the popularity of veganism and vegetarianism, to do no harm to living creatures, all the way through to deciding what we eat based on the rights of animals. Okay, that's really interesting, thinking about worldviews in how we think about the environment. I also feel like there's been a strong politicisation of the environment, that personal views on how we care for the earth or how we use it, 
somehow mixed in with our political views and we can become very polarised about it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I find that pretty frustrating. Government policies on economic productivity and sustainability, they tend to be short term to match election cycles. The environment has a much longer cycle on politics and maybe we need bipartisan agreement on protecting and conserving the finite resources of our earth. Aboriginal people as the traditional custodians cared for and nurtured the land. They lived as part of the natural world. In contrast, for the last 200 years, we haven't cared for country. We've had a different mindset to own and control, damaging our ancient soils and fragile ecosystems. We've taken literally an interpretation of scripture to rule over and dominate, forgotten that our role is to care for the earth. Christians may prioritise sharing the gospel over supporting environmental causes. Others may take the view that we can use the earth's resources because there'll be a new earth anyway, and that environmental damage is just another sign of the fall. Yet we don't know if God's kingdom will come tomorrow or 1,000 years, or even 10,000 years. We have a responsibility to future generations. We need to protect the earth not just for current generations, but we make decisions for many generations in the future. Liz, so as Christians, we have God's eternal view in mind, and we also have a responsibility to live well now with the good gift of the earth he has given us. So let's go to the Bible, to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in this first chapter of the Bible, we have an orderly, poetic account of God's creative power and majesty. Isn't it a great start? God places man and woman in the garden to work it and care for it. All living things were placed under our care. What I love is that God saw that it was good. Creation was perfect. Everything in balance. There were no weeds. And the man and the woman are put in the garden with a purpose. They're to multiply, to subdue the earth, to rule over the fish, the birds, the land creatures, and to eat and use the plants and seeds. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if you know that it's not until Genesis 9, after the flood, that God gives to humans animals to eat for food. So if we look there at Genesis chapter 9, Noah and his family and the animals are told to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. God acknowledges that the wickedness is still there in people's hearts, but he allows them again to be fruitful in his creation. And he gives them some limits about how they're to treat the animals that they're allowed to eat. Yeah, and God would have known that subduing the earth would have involved land clearing and domestication of animals to feed the growing population. The problem in Australia and globally is that this has changed our natural environment. Greed and selfishness drive development and poor land management. Where else can we see in the Bible God's attitude to his creation and what our attitude should be? Well, I love this passage in Isaiah 55. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. It's a celebration passage of God's creation breaking forth into singing. All of nature worships and adores the creator God. It's a beautiful picture of joy, isn't it, that the whole earth celebrates its creator. In Isaiah 55, as it goes on, we see the natural patterns of the earth showing in concrete ways what God is like. He is dependable and steadfast. His word always accomplishes his purpose. Yeah, the ancient readers of the Bible were strongly connected to the earth. It's not unexpected that Jesus would use so many parables that are related to farming and the natural world. I love Jesus' words in Matthew 6. And why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field? They do not labour or spin. 
Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. The people of that time noticed the beauty and intricacy of God's creation. It was inbuilt in us as people of God to look and appreciate and wonder and marvel. We've visited this Matthew 6 verse before in this series about stewardship. It's interesting that in each of these gifts, God calls us not to worry. We can trust him to provide for us. And it helps us have a right view of God, doesn't it? The one who's worthy of praise and awe and wonder. The one who's behind all of these good things that we enjoy. I think the Bible also shows us, in some ways, God can use the natural world to bring difficulty, to judge people and to help turn them back to him, to rely on him and not their own strength. I don't think we can imply that tragic natural phenomena are God's judgment of specific things, but they certainly remind us of his bigness and our smallness. Yeah, we certainly live in comfortable lives and it's only when we have extreme natural events that we are reminded that we live in nature, no matter how much concrete we use to try and control the environment. In fact, that reminds me of another verse from Romans 8, where we're reminded that since the fall, the world is not how it was made to be. It groans, waiting to be redeemed and put right. It's a good verse to remember, isn't it? The brokenness of the world helps us look forward to the day when God will come to dwell with his people and put right what has been affected by sin. The fact that on that day we'll all give an account to God for what we've done living here on his earth also reinforces the sense that we have a responsibility while we wait to live wisely in our environment. So should Christians care about the environment? For me, it's a big yes that God gave us that responsibility. There's no planet B, as the t-shirt says. While God holds us in his hands, he doesn't want us to sit on ours. Well, what actions can we take, Liz? What can we do to be good stewards of the environment? Well, I knew you were going to ask me this, Jill, so I've been having a bit of a think. Excellent. (laughs) And I've come up with five points. Great. So I think we should plant a tree. That that leaves a legacy for future generations. On our farm, in fact, with the help of many people from from our friends from OEC, we've planted over 700 trees. And I love it that they'll live on long after we're gone for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Yes. Two, be in nature. Explore and enjoy. We've got amazing areas around Orange. Go for a bushwalk. Look, listen and be still. Thank God for his creation. Three, teach your kids and learn about the natural world. Discover our local plants and animals. The more we understand nature, the more reasons we'll have to protect it. Everyone knows the koala, but did you know that we have our own species of gum tree right here in Mount Conobolis? I'm really excited to go and find that tree on Mount Conobolis. I was thinking in my own garden... Planting plants is good, and but especially endemic plants that are local to our environment. Oh, that's a great point. Orange has a limited water supply, and with an increasing population, we're going to need to be more water-wise. Native plants don't need as much watering. Tapping back into that Indigenous knowledge, we can learn local Wiradjuri names for plants and animals and places. I think it's humbling to remember that we are not the first people to be stewarding the land in that sense. Number four, be more aware of our impact consumption and waste. Think before you buy. Do I really need that? And think before you ditch something. Can I reuse it or recycle it versus a lifetime discarded? Every bit of plastic ever made still exists. It just breaks into tinier and tinier pieces that contaminate and pollute our environment. 
Yeah, that blows my mind. And I don't think people realise as well that degrading waste also contributes a great deal to climate warming gases. Yeah, for sure, and including unnecessary trips in the car. Hey, number five, we should value and protect the natural world that God has given us. Get involved with local community groups like Landcare or those that are run by council. And you know what? It's an opportunity to share your faith in the context that he looks over all. God loves his creation, and bringing him into the conversation with nature lovers is easy when we both stand in awe of his beautiful world. What a great set of five points. Some of them are individual, some of them are about getting involved in a community way and being proactive. Liz, what's your take home then, thinking about God and the Bible and the environment? I can sum that up in pretty much in one sentence, that God placed us here as stewards of his creation, so let's try and do a better job. Hmm. Liz, it's been so great to have you with us today. We've read about God's delight in his good creation, this wonderful gift that we've been allowed to use and that we have a responsibility to care for this side of heaven. You've encouraged us to delight in our beautiful world and the God who made it and to tread with humility and care. We really hope that this conversation has started you off to read the Bible and talk with friends about being better stewards of the earth that we live in. Thank you for your company in this stewardship series. Next time, we look forward to hearing from Jill, a normal Aussie serving as a missionary in Italy. Don't miss it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for 12. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at oechurch.org.au forward slash talk for 12. That's the number 12 in numerals one, two. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.